Hello, listeners, and welcome to the October Headlines Roundup. I have a special treat for you because we have with us Bella Gandhi, America's favorite dating expert and our favorite dating expert. Hi, Bella. Hi, Susan. I am so excited to see you and to do this show. There's so much to talk about. It's like I'm jumping out of my skin. <laughs> well, that's when I asked you to come on. Usually I do the headlines roundups myself, but there were a couple of juicy ones in here that kind of fall more into your world than falling into my world of divorce. Although there's they're tangentially divorce related, but I thought it would be really interesting for listeners to sort of hear some of your insights into this. And you know, these episodes, I'm just going to say for listeners, these headline roundups, roundup episodes are really not to, you know, the prurient interest of like diving into celebrity and high profile divorces. Although we know, you know, millions and millions of people tune in to access Hollywood every day so that they can talk about these things. But I really like to talk about them for the lessons that we can learn from what we're reading about in the headlines. And also sometimes to correct the headlines or sort of call them out for being a little clickbaity, shall we say. Sometimes there's one, especially Absolutely. in here today that I really want to talk about because oh. I was like, oh, come on. <laughs> I love this. And you're right. I mean, there's divorce and then there's divorce. So, and then there's dating. They're sort of inextricably linked. Right. It's some people are dating and then getting divorced. Some people are divorced and then they go dating. And in fact, aren't you doing a new love lab coming up this weekend? Yeah. On October 29th from one to 4 PM central, we're doing an amazing love lab called dating over 50. And Hey, listen, if you're in your forties and you want in, just send me a message, but it's really awesome. Very hopeful and inspiring about why dating in your fifties, sixties, or seventies, or heck your eighties can be the best time ever to date. We've only done this love lab workshop one time in 2021. And what inspired me to do it again is one of the clients that did dating over 50. She's 70 years old, decided she had been divorced for 10 years, decided she just couldn't get it right. And she signed up and said, it's time for me to invest in myself because you know, those, those birthdays where there's a zero at the end of it, make us sort of take stock in ourselves. And so she did the love lab. She decided to work with us and really get support over a year. And she met someone and has had the best, most soulful, amazing love of her life. And she is 71. So if you're listening to this and you think, oh man, life's passed me by. I'm too old. I've been divorced too many times. I have so much baggage. No, you don't just listen to it and be excited and join dating over 50. If that sounds like you, if you need a little, if you need a little jolt of psychotic optimism, I got you. Bella definitely has you everybody. So I'll link to that in the show. And I, I know it's already selling out quickly. So I'm just going to urge people quickly jump on over there because I think it's the last love lab of the year, right? It is. Yeah. It is. So. We just spontaneously, Susan and I were chatting about before decided to do this very quickly based on this amazing story and how much feedback people were giving us like, Oh my gosh, this gave me hope. It made me cry. We're like, well, 
let's do this again. It's good karma because that's how Kathy who found love started. So catch Kathy's karma, people do the love lab. And listen to Kathy's episode on Bella's podcast, the Smart Dating Academy podcast. I will link to that as well in the show notes. And if you want to go listen to my episode on the, on the podcast, I was on there early on when Bella first launched. And you'll hear some tidbits about Susan that even I didn't know. She's amazing. And, you know, Susan's always got gems for us, no matter what, because she's brilliant, as you know, and that's why you're tuning into this podcast. So definitely go find Susan's podcast episode. And I can give you the link for your show notes as well. It, it, it will amazing. be there for sure. And we're going to talk about that. And we have some juicy headlines. And you just were talking about your your client who's on the podcast, your podcast this week, who's 70, turned 70 and had been divorced for 10 years. Well, there's someone out there who's not only not been divorced for 10 years, I think she's been, she filed for divorce about 10 minutes ago, but <laughs> the reports are that Emily R Radikowski, the, the supermodel, the, I mean, talk about stunning, but M, M Rada and Brad Pitt are an item suddenly as she just, I believe, filed for divorce for about two or three weeks ago. And, you know, one of the things, one of the things I wanted to toss it, I mean, besides the fact that, I mean, two of the most gorgeous people in the world getting together, there's probably, oh, wow. a, right? Like, you oh, know, think, wow. of the, think of the babies, <laughs> but you know, she's, she literally just filed for divorce eight weeks ago, found out according to news reports that her husband has cheated on her. And that's been brought about the, the breakup. And now, you know, whether she's dating him or not, we really will, neither one of them have come out and said that they are, you know, what are your thoughts as America's favorite dating coach about jumping into dating? right as you're going through a divorce, especially in the early days. What do you think about that? You know, I think it depends on each relationship, but it, especially when you've discovered infidelity and you're angry and you filed may not be the best time to get back into a relationship because I would ask you if you were my client, if Emrata was my client, I would say, what made you choose someone that potentially had red flags earlier on? Did you miss the red flags? Because a lot of what happens when when you're dating again after divorce, if you don't take the time, if you don't do the work, if you don't heal, history repeats itself right? The, the divorce data bears this out. 40 to 50% of first marriages end in divorce. And then when we look at what happens with people that are brave enough to do it a second time, approximately 67% of those, like two and three of those end. And then it gets to, you know, three and four when you get into the third marriages. So taking your time, especially when it's a traumatic situation to really grieve it end it, do your work is so necessary because if not, you don't want to end up in that second and third divorce stat, do we, Susan? God, no. I mean, seriously, you were not put on this earth to keep divorce attorneys 
you know, in a job. No. Uh, let's put divorce attorneys out of a job, folks, and let's do the work and and then, you know, go find those relationships. And I will say another headline that's related is Brad Pitt was recently talking about how he got through, and this is how he referenced it, his divorce misery. Now he and Angelina Jolie split up. Now I think it's three years ago. The divorce is finalized, meaning they're single, but there are still issues legally arising out of the divorce that they need to deal with. But he recently was quoted in two ways in a, in a particular article in page six that I wanted to highlight because, well, Emrata may be just going through her divorce in the early days. He's three years in and clearly he's done a little work, at least if you believe the what he says in this this article, it says he, for me, it was born out of ownership of what I, I call a radical inventory of self, getting really brutally honest with me and taking account of those I may have hurt. So mm-hmm. it sounds like he's done some, you know, self-reflection and some work. And so maybe Brad is a, is a, in a great position to start dating right now. What do you think? I think you're right. I mean, and I think he pretty famously gave up drinking, right? Which ended up supposedly causing a lot of their issues. Yeah, I think I think it's great that Brad has done the work and maybe now he's ready to just play the field with supermodels right now. Who knows, right? There's probably a two decade or so age difference between them. So right, like we're saying, why not? They'd make beautiful babies. Yeah. I mean, they absolutely would. And I do also another thing he mentioned in that article that I, you know, I'm always talking about how divorce can be an opportunity. He, he became a sculptor. He just Mm. launched his first sculpture exhibit. And he said in this article, I'd always wanted to be a sculptor. I'd always wanted to try it. So while I was going through this difficult time in my life, I decided to give it a try. And, you know, I just, you know, it's Brad Pitt. And of course, Brad, you know, Brad Pitt could do anything, but he decided to try something that he'd never done before to stretch himself, to live out a dream. And that is an opportunity, folks, that oh, so many of you have at a time of major change in your life. So although it's difficult, sometimes it is actually that space to find an opportunity. In fact, I look at it as, and I would imagine you do as well, Bella, it's the opportunity to find the love that in the relationship that does work for you, right? That is going to fulfill you. 100%. And it's that big chance that we get when we're going through divorce to really realize that we have so much love in our lives already, right? Sometimes we feel the absence of romantic love, but make a list of all of the people that truly love you unconditionally and thinking about fulfilling a dream like Brad and his sculpting. Maybe for you, it's, you know, planting a garden. Maybe it's setting up an Etsy shop. Maybe it's doing an open mic and taking your guitar out and get, you know, kind of dusting off your vocal pipes, whatever that is, but doing things that bring you joy because ultimately that's what loving ourselves means, right? It's doing things that we love that bring us joy. And when we are in that zone of joy, guess what we become? We become more 
attractive. Now, not that Brad Pitt needed to sculpt to be more attractive, (laughs) just saying, however, but just to add that to his repertoire, right? And it takes courage to, to do something different, to take a departure from what you're known for and to put yourself out there and to say, yeah, I'm trying this, right? You open yourself up to that vulnerability, but it also, it brings you happiness and it makes you feel courageous and brave because you've done something that you're not good at. You've put yourself out there. It's like you're exposing yourself to the new and unfamiliar and and knowing him, he'll crush it. Yeah. Well, I mean, according to what I've read, it was a very interesting exhibition. For those of you who, you know, are interested in art, I will put, as always, I'm going to have links to all the articles we're referencing in the show notes for you. But I'm going to move on because there's absolutely no way we could do a headlines episode in the month of October, 2022, without talking about the Giselle and Tom Brady divorce so to speak. Who knows? The word is on the street that Giselle and Tom have lawyered up. I can tell you the the mutterings in the divorce world would say that is true. And I, you know, there's, there's a few things I wanted to mention. The first one, just for me, this was to me a slightly joyful little moment when I was reading about this. The two of them have a combined reported net worth of about $650 million. Nice round number. Right? Wow. Okay. Brought me a slight amount of joy was the fact that Tom is reportedly worth about 250. It's Giselle who's worth about 400. So just in my world. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, you know, I think that might surprise some people. And certainly with his new Fox News after he finally does retire his new Fox news football, $375 million contract might put him over the, over her limits, but I don't think money will be the issue in this divorce. I don't think it maybe was the issue in the marriage, but you know, I'm just going to talk about what reports have said are some of the issues and certainly no one except Tom and Giselle actually know what's going on in their relationship. But I wanted to talk about it in this grand scope of partnership and marriage and and, in real relationships, because that's your area of expertise, Bella. And, you know, the reports are that Tom's flip-flopping between retirement and going back to football and being less present as a partner and a parent is really at the core of this. And the fact that perhaps in order to enable him to live out his career dreams. She's had to kind of put hers on hold. You know, what are your, I just would love to know your thoughts on that because I think it's not actually, although certainly not everyone's in a $650 million, you know, bracket because of their hopes and dreams and careers. This isn't an uncommon problem for couples. Yeah. I mean, even if you're in the 65,000, we take off some zeros from that. Ultimately, new data shows that the happiest relationships are relationships where it's almost, and I don't know if this is not a PC word or not anymore, but where we're more androgynous, right? Where there aren't distinctions in this traditional relationship sort of sense where he protects and provides, she stays home and tends the house, right? And so I'm using these terms very just kind of generally, but when two partners come together, be it male, female, 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 whatever it is, when we're both 
splitting the responsibilities and respecting each other. You work and I work. If I get home first, I'll cook dinner. And if I cook dinner, you'll do the dishes where we both just can seamlessly flow into what needs to be done. And most importantly, what is the real definition of love, right? We think it's a feeling, but that's not actually it. Love is an action. And when you truly love someone, you are looking out for what is best for them and their growth as well. And I think if there seems to be a relationship violation, that's what we're seeing here is that, oh, I'm promising you after years and years, I'm going to take, I'm, I'm going to retire. Oh, I retired. Oh, oh, wait, psych. I'm actually not going to retire. And, and so that's really, you know, it's, it's trust eroding for a variety of different reasons. Yeah. It's like a flag on the play folks, a technical foul, technical foul, Brady out for the game. (laughs) I mean, you were ejected from the game. You know, I, I thought about this and, and again, we don't know that this is the true dynamic of what has happened, but even just looking at this from the outside, right. Just looking at what their lives have been like, it would appear to be a couple that made a conscious decision when they had children, that one parent would be a more present parent, more available, less out there in the world, following a career path. And one parent would be more following that career path. And that may sound very familiar to a lot of listeners. And, you know, that's what really struck me about this one is when he did that flip-flop less than 30 days after retiring, I think for the second or third time and said that he'd be back. Ever since then, the rumors just have been growing and growing and growing about this. But I, I can somewhat feel it. You know, when you make certain relationship agreements and, and, you know, you, you, one person gives so the other person can have, there's definitely that feeling at certain times that there needs to be time for the other person to have. 100%. And especially if you agreed on that, and let's even say you say, Hey, let's say I'm Tom, like, you know, Giselle, I'm in a really deep, dark cavern, and I feel like I've got one more season left in me. How about we, you know, get more help? How about I do this? Like, let's try to negotiate these differences because at the end of the day, we know life throws stuff at us, right? And what we can agree on might change because something changes. And here I'm being very charitable to Tom or, but like, let's say that's what happened, but there's a better way to do that than than to just say me, 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 me. It's like, Hey, listen, I know this kind of sucks and it's going to be the next six months, but I swear to you, I'm hanging it up. Would you be okay with that? And if you would be, what would I need to do? What could I bring to the table to show you that I am a dedicated partner? Yeah. Have the conversations. And I don't know if she read about it in the press or she didn't even, I mean, this is also very murky as to, did he, did he, did he tell her before he was going to do? I mean, let's hope there was a conversation, but there, you know, 
you don't know, it did happen very abruptly. And I have to say, you know, I wrote down what you said, you know, everyone thinks love is a feeling, but love is an action. And when somebody, you know, doesn't honor you and your hopes and your dreams and a relationship starts to feel, oh, so one-sided. 100%. And look at, I mean, Giselle, a Brazilian, was living in Boston in the cold, wintry months and then moved to Florida, right, to support her husband at the end of the day. So, you know, she's like, what what more can I do? Like, I've been the primary person and being what it seems to be through the pictures that we see on Instagram, a good stepmom to right to, oh God, Bridget Moynihan's son with Tom Brady. Right. And, and, you know, allegedly, did she even know that that relationship wasn't exactly ended? So there's a whole lot around Mr. Brady. So, you know, I'd say, come on guys do better. Yeah. You know, do better. Always do better. And, and yeah, that's what we'll say. We'll talk a little bit more about this one. I'm sure in days to come, but let's, you know, I can't get through a headlines episode without a housewife or two. And I think we have two (laughs) of them in this one. They seem to have a lot to talk about. So the first one I'm going to talk about, and this one I do think is, is relevant from a perspective. And I know you have thoughts on this. So Lisa Hochstein, this is the headline folks. I'm just going to read it. Lisa Hochstein explodes over Lenny's girlfriend in real housewives of Miami season five trailer. Okay. She did. I mean, if, if, if the quote's correct from what she said, I'll be honest with you. I haven't watched the trailer. I don't care, Ditto. but, <laughs> but it says she's talking about her soon to be ex-husband's new girlfriend. And she apparently objects to the new girlfriend being around their children. And the quote being, if you bring that girl anywhere near my effing kids, there's going to be a huge effing problem. Do you understand me? And, you know, probably not the most productive co-parenting conversation, I'm going to say. Probably. (laughs) But this is This is something that I think you probably see amongst your clients who are dating after divorce and they have children. I know this is a hot topic for clients who are getting divorced or even post-divorce. It's a touchy thing to bring your children into new dating, into dating or new relationships. Do you have any rules around this for your smart dating academy or, or suggestions? I know you don't have rules. Well, I think that one of the things, Susan, and I'm sure you can shed more light on this, is certain couples have agreements already with their exes that are laid out in their in their divorce settlements. Like you can't bring a new person around the children for six months or 12 months or whatever that is. So from a dating standpoint, I always tell my clients, number one, It's never good to introduce somebody to your children too early because children, especially little children, they're giant walking hearts and they get attached to people so quickly, right? And suddenly if you've got, you know, Ronnie, Bobby, Ricky, and Mike revolving through the doors, right? You just, your kids go through that trauma again and again, and they've just been through the trauma of their parents splitting up. So being really careful about who and how you bring around, you know, people you're dating 
around your children, I tell my clients no earlier than six months post-exclusivity. And if you follow Smart Dating Academy, we say there's exclusivity doesn't happen until you've been dating one person for three to four months. No, not three to four dates, three to three four, to four months. months. 15 to 20 dates. So it's a slow process. But remember, in the dating and relationship process overall, there is no substitute for one thing, and that is time. Time reveals all. And we want to rush into things. We want to rush into relationships. And we want to rush into bringing this person to Thanksgiving and introducing them to the kids. Why rush? What's the upside? I know you're excited. Go take a longer run today. Leave the, leave the kids out of it. Leave the kids out of it. That's so, I love, I love time reveals all. Oh. And, and that can be, it's going to reveal that this new relationship's going to work and it's going to be the next love of your life. And it's going to be your fiat forever or, or it might reveal, or it might reveal that it's not. And, and just everyone out there, I, I actually think you just gave us the visual, the golden nugget from, from this particular story. Look at your children and see a little walking heart, everyone, mm, right? Yeah. They, they, you know, they are in a moment of difficulty anyway with their parents and all this change. You give them another person to love or to care for them. And then you take that person away because it turns out to not be the relationship that you thought it was. And frankly, let me tell you something, divorce attorney talking to you, dating expert also talking to you. We're both going to tell you more often than not that relationship that you jump into while you're getting divorced or right after is not going to be the last relationship of your life. So true. Especially when we rush. And if we haven't done the work, like we were just talking about in our prior headline, if you haven't done the therapy, the counseling, the coaching, maybe you need trauma therapy. There's so many different things. If you haven't done that, the chances of you making the same or a potentially a more grievous error increases. I know I've had clients that have come to me saying, oh, you know, my first marriage, I married a narcissist and it was awful. And then I went through five years of therapy and I knew exactly what a narcissist was. And I went on five years of eat, pray, love. And then I came back to the dating world with all my new knowledge. And what did I do? I married another narcissist who was worse than the first, right? So <laughs> knowledge is not power guys. Power is in execution, knowing the thing and then doing the right thing at the right time. That's where your power comes in. And if you haven't done the work around that, you're not going to be able to draw from the right things to be able to execute the right decision at game. Right back to our football analogy, right back at game time. And now we're going to move on. It's funny you say narcissist because our next <laughs> headline at least has an overtone of narcissism to it. It's all about me, not me. But so I, ha I had to put this one in here. It's not really, it doesn't have a dating aspect so much, but it was such a misleading comment on the part of the person, the celebrity who made the comment about their ex that I, I, this is one of those where I felt a need. I had to correct something. So Brian Austin Green 90210. 90210. That's what I, I think of him as. Yep. 
I used so, to watch it. Right. And then you remember Melrose Place, Vanessa Marcel, right? I mean, wait, was she in 90210 with him? I don't know. I, I thought she was, did I read right? She was General Hospital, but I Well, she started remember. out in General Hospital. Either way, well, they, they met way back in the day. They got together. I believe they were engaged. They had a son, Cassius. They never, I don't think, got married. Then he moved on to Megan Fox, who's now with Machine Gun Kelly. And David Austin Green has moved on with Sharna Burgess and just had a baby with her. But Vanessa and Brian have had a rocky co-parenting relationship. And he recently put out on his Instagram that he heard through the grapevine, and I haven't been able to find it where she's pointed it, but that she claims that Vanessa had claimed that he spent years taking her to court, asking for child support. And then he put a picture of his paternity petition on the, you know, a picture of it. And it has Vanessa Marcel as the petitioner and Brian Austin Green as the respondent. And he said, if I was the respondent, how can she say I was taking her to court? And that's so disingenuous that I had to call it out because just because one person files the original petition does not mean that the respondent or the defendant, depending on what your state is, could not file a bazillion motions and bring the, the petitioner back into court over and over and over again, asking for child support, modifications of parenting time, whatever. It has absolutely nothing to do with, with whether or not he ever took her back to court. So it just, the little lawyer colonel in me just couldn't let that stand. But, you know, I, I wonder, cause I know you have on the website still, I think, don't you have like the red flags to, so that you don't date a narcissist? Can you talk absolutely. about that for a little bit? Cause I feel overtones of narcissism here. I have to say it. I think a lot of the people we've discussed probably have some significant overtones, <laughs> narcissism, just saying, right? But one of the key hallmarks, you know, and I always say there's a difference, right? We can all behave selfishly, arguably narcissistically, and we throw this word around all the time. But is the person a narcissist or just, you know, an a-hole or a jerk? Exactly. So I think that Really, if we're talking about a true DSM-5 diagnosable by a therapist, narcissist, the key hallmark is a lack of empathy, right? That's really kind of the coup de grace to dis is someone a narcissist? Do you lack empathy for those around you, your partner, your children? Like you cannot put yourself in someone else's shoes besides your own. Do you also think that everybody around you is just not as great as you are. Everybody's jealous of me because I'm so awesome. They all envy me. That is very much a narcissistic trait. And true narcissists also think that they should only be associating with people of a certain status and that they're entitled to special treatment in life. So these are really the things that therapists use to diagnose narcissistic personality disorder. So you have to meet a variety of different things in a variety of different contexts. But, you know, I, there's lots of people that are just a holy, right? Yeah. Well, that's, you know what? A holy, I'll stick with that as well. So we can put the G rating on this episode. But I will say, 
I just, as a, a divorce professional, as someone who works with co-parents all the time, taking your co-parenting issues and posting them on Instagram is bad form for your children's children. I don't know whether that makes you a narcissist, an a-hole, a jerk or whatever, all of the above, but it does make you a bad parent or a poor parent in that moment. Do not, do not, do not go out in public on social media or in any other forum and bash your co-parent. It's just because they are 50%. Your children are 50%, both of their parents. When you bash their co-parent, you are bashing your children. That's yeah. how they hear it, folks. You're They're right. little walking hearts and you just bash that little walking heart to use Bella's you know, an analogy. Don't do it. So if nothing else, Brian Austin Green, that was poor form. I suggest not doing it again. But right. let's move on to a happy case. Yeah, this pick up the phone, dude. Oh, Don't take yeah. to Twitter, for yeah. God's sakes. Get over it. You've got a new baby. Go play with your new baby and your new girlfriend. Get a life. Move on. I, I just never, it's a real shame because Cassius, by the way, who's old enough to be on Instagram as our Noah journey and Bodie with his, his other fiance, Megan Fox, that they're, his kids are old enough to see this stuff. Totally. It's not good form. But we do have a happy case in the headlines. We don't get them very often when it comes to the world of divorce. But Sly and Jennifer, mm. they're back together. <laughs> mm. Oh, Bella has thoughts, everyone. Sylvester Stallone and Jennifer, they're back together. What are your thoughts? You know, I'm always for people trying to reconcile things. And so I'm hopeful that they're back together for all the right reasons and that they've both taken responsibility and accountability for what went sideways in the relationship and said, you know what? I can fix my part. You fix your part, but we've got way too much here to throw away. So I'm hopeful that that's the reason for the reconciliation. I, I echo all of what you said. I mean, I have to say, I saw this, I will say just in a general note. So, you know, talking not about them specifically, but by the time someone gets to a divorce attorney and actually files for divorce. And in this particular case, for those who don't remember, Jennifer Flavin filed for divorce and she put some inflammatory language in the original flight filings about Sylvester Sly. You know, we're close friends, so I'm going to call him Sly. Clearly. Um, yeah. Sly dog is what I call him <laughs> when we have brunch. <laughs> He's a big bruncher, that guy. Right. Yeah. Uh, he, he, she was alleging that he had been dissipating marital assets. And, you know, that's that kind of thing that when it gets put into, of course, the press made a big hullabaloo at, about it. You can go listen to the last month's the headlines roundup if you want to hear more. I will say it's unusual to see a couple reconcile, especially this quickly after the initial filing. And when a filing has had that kind of stuff in it, the inflammatory stuff, it's actually even less likely that we see a reconciliation because unfortunately litigation like that tends to drive people even further apart not pull them together. So I was surprised to see it. I will say, um, I will also just comment and I, this has nothing to do with Sly and Jennifer, but sometimes in high profile divorces, it's not a good time to get divorced. 
it may be a good time for the couple, but it may not be a good time in their empire in to their get empire. divorced. Yeah. Right. Um, unwinding the assets. It's a big deal. It is a big deal. And sometimes people have projects that are about to come out that would negatively be impacted by, you know, something that was going on in their personal life. So we shall see, I hope very much for both of them that this is, that they are no longer the biggest divorce pending in Florida. And uh, unfortunately for Tom and Giselle, they may be the next big pending right. divorce in there. Right, um, oh, and right. then we can't forget, we do have one more, one more real housewife. I mean, I told you, I can't get through these. I call the the Bravo celebrities. I didn't even know before I started doing the headlines episodes about this whole Bravo celebrities and BravoCon. Did you know there was something called BravoCon? No, no, There's- I don't think I've ever watched even an episode of Real Housewives. So, so let that be known. I know I can sense the eggs being thrown at me right now. So, Hey, some of my best, including my best friend is a, is a huge fan can quote all of the, the housewives. And there actually was Bravo con was just recently held and Shannon Bedor was interviewed there. She is the, a real housewife of C. Oh, Real Housewife of Orange County. Sorry. Took me a minute. Ah. I'm like, what's C? It's OC. The OC. Um, Yes. She was saying she wasn't surprised that her ex-husband David's second marriage had come to an end. And I'm just wanted to talk about this for a second. Not so much to have anything to do with David, Shannon, or whoever the new second wife was. I wanted to talk about something that you mentioned actually, as we were talking about Emrata and Brad, perhaps dating and jumping into this a little early. And that I, I wanna emphasize, it's a very true statistic that second marriages fail at a rate of about 67%. So, you know, first marriages, 40%, maybe up to 50, but more like 40 these days. And second marriages are in that, or third marriages are in that 73%. And very often they're shorter in duration. So I think that David Bedor in this case has been married to wife number two, or I don't know, maybe she's wife number three, I'm not sure. But for a relatively short period of time, less than two years. And, you know, we see that a lot, don't we, Bella? Oh, yeah. I mean, wasn't Kim Kardashian was famously married for like 72 days in 72 one of days. Yeah. And so, so yeah, I think there's sometimes we, again, we want to rush into something and there's so much chemistry in the beginning, but there really isn't a lot of compatibility. And sometimes I think we know that in our gut, but we're trying so hard to cover up pain and it doesn't come from a bad place. It just comes from a place of, I just don't want to feel that badly again. And so we rush into things, we get married really fast. And when I see this happen to clients, I will ask them, did you see the red flags at the beginning? Susan, never once did somebody say to me, No, I was totally blindsided. I had no idea that this person was actually a red flag a-hole. Every single time they're like, you know what? I did. I didn't want to see them. I swept them under the rug, but they were there ubiquitously every single time. Folks, they are there. And it it makes so much sense. I mean, it's divorce is hard. 
It is hard. I've been there, folks. I, I know I've spent 32 years being there with other people. I know how hard it is. And so when yeah. you find that little bit of, of happiness and it feels so joyful, and by the way, we haven't even used the word, but oxytocin folks, you know, mm. that oxytocin is powerful stuff. Listen to any of my other episodes with Bella, the power of oxytocin. It feels good. It really does. And we don't want to feel crappy. So it's so appealing to dive into these new relationships, but it's, it's even worse by the way, on the other side, when it's your second divorce or your third divorce and those relationships, you wake up someday and are like, wow, I've either married the same person I married the first time, or in many cases, it's someone who's even less compatible with you than the first, the first, because you pick someone who's totally opposite of the first person. Yeah, totally. And sometimes we make these errors of correlation and causation when we get back into the dating world. Well, last time my, my ex-husband was 10 years older than me and I'm never going to date someone older than me again. I'm only going to date my own age or younger. Well, most likely it wasn't the age differential in and of itself. There were other incompatibilities that caused you to go to splitsville. And I know that this is something that we really work on at Smart Dating Academy. And, you know, Susan tells me kindly, you don't talk about this enough, but since the inception of my company in 2009, we've had zero divorces. And what that, what I want you to take from this is it is possible that you might have a dating pattern. It is possible that without intervention, you might do the same thing again. In fact, the data, like Susan said, 67% of second marriages end in divorce, 73% of third. We want to do the same thing over and over again. But what I will tell you is, Find something or someone, I, our company says we will wrap you in pink sparkly bubble wrap and prevent you from getting dinged up during this process and protect you from making those bad choices and getting into those dumpster fire relationships because who needs a dumpster fire? Nobody. I love the pink sparkly bubble wrap. Bella, by the way, everybody comes. I always say I didn't get, you know, the law degree didn't come with a magic wand. Bella has a magic wand, everyone. So when she says she's got like over 1500 marriages, so you have to, that have come about in the 14 years that Smart Dating Academy has been ongoing. So just think about those divorce rates we were just talking about, yet Bella's matches have not gone that route. That tells you something about going about dating right. And that's why, so sign up for the Love Lab, and, you know, get in touch with Bella. Bella, what's the best way for people to get in touch with you? Go to our website, smartdatingacademy.com, especially if you want to sign up for the Love Lab, you can go to the services tab and it says dating over 50. You can also subscribe to and listen to my podcast. I am the host of the Smart Dating Academy podcast and make sure you listen to Susan's episode. And <laughs> you can also follow us on Instagram at Smart Dating Academy. We post a ton of free information on a daily basis. So whatever your flavor, you'll find something there that'll hopefully be able to hold your hand through the process. Well, and, and I do want to say Bella's coming back, everybody. Don't worry. We're not going to lose any time with Bella. She's about to go into peak dating season. Everyone we know peak dating season is coming. 
Bella will be very, very busy, but she's going to make a little pit stop with us so we can talk about peak dating season. When is peak dating season, Bella? It starts in literally exactly two months, right? The middle of December and it goes until Valentine's Day. And that's when dating goes bananas in a good way. Dating app memberships go up 50 to 80%. This is well-documented year over year. So if you're thinking about dipping your toe back into the dating pool and you've done your work and you know what you're looking for this time around, there couldn't be a better time for you to think about doing this. This is this is the time, folks. So we're going to get her back on. We're going to talk about how to get ready for peak dating season before or well, she's sh- you're going to see her all across Good Morning America and the Today Show and all of the morning shows. But we're going to have her here too on Divorce and Beyond. If you have questions for her, send them in at divorceandbeyondpod at gmail.com. And we'll ask Bella some of your top dating questions when she comes on to talk about peak dating season. Bella, thank you so much for joining me for the headlines roundup. This was so much more fun than doing it myself. Oh, I love it. I would be here anytime for you, my friend. Thank you for having me. It was a great pleasure. Always. Thank you, Bella. Thank you.